when I was in Vesto, which is where we're from originally, for three years I preached every Sunday, but I never got any feedback. <laughs> so I've had kind of a gap here where I haven't been up front sharing, although I teach a Bible study on Thursdays. And uh, anyway, before I start my message, by the way, I believe in not just preaching, but teaching the Word at the same time. So maybe it'll be a little different for you this morning, I don't know. You had such a good Sunday school teacher, I told him he should be up here. (laughs) He is very good. Uh, Before I get into what I want to share with you this morning, this kind of complements what I'm talking about as far as personal responsibility is concerned. One morning, it's about a week and a half ago, I seen this car pull up, and these two ladies got out. One was probably in her late 50s, early 60s, and the other one maybe was uh, around 25 years old, and they both had Bibles under their arms. And I thought, I think I know who they are. Uh, JWs, but, you know, didn't Jesus die on the cross for them too? So uh, I was a re- had a real busy day that particular day, so I went out on the porch and talked to them, and we had kind of a ca- casual conversation for a few minutes, and uh, then I, we got talking about Jehovah God. It's a proper term. It's a good term. And uh, I told them, I I think I caught him off guard here. I said, I don't think you have any confidence in Jehovah God. And they just looked at me. Because I said, God said that I'm going to come down in the person of a son. And Jehovah's Witnesses are saying, no, he can't do that. Yeah, that's what you're saying, I told him. You're saying God can't do what he wants to. But he said, I'm going to come down in the person of a son. And I mentioned Isaiah 7:14. Behold, a virgin will conceive, bring forth a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Okay, so come back with a thought. Well, he really wasn't equal with God. I said, really? Have you ever read Philippians, the second chapter? Jesus in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And then he goes on to say, let all the peoples of all nations bow down and worship Jesus, worship him. And I kind of baited them up with the next thought here. I said, I understand that Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was some kind of an angel prior to coming to earth. Well, yeah, but he was an archangel. He was in charge of all the angels. I said, you haven't read Hebrew. It's the first chapter. I said, to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, this day have I begotten you? And then on a couple of verses down, he said, let all the angels of God worship him. And remember what John said, the Apostle John, in 1 John 2.23? This is something to really think about. He says, whosoever 
denies the Son, the same does not have the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has both the Son and the Father as well. That's a strong verse. Think about that. There are many people today who claim their, their roots in Christianity. Some don't. But if they don't worship Jesus Christ, they don't have the Father. What does that do for all these Jewish people in the world today? They don't have the Son. John says if they don't have the Son, they don't have the Father. Think about that. You can check that out. You can read 1 John through. Just read the whole thing through. Now, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm trying to be honest. Now, I'm going to read the verses for today here. See, 2 Timothy 4. I think it's incorrect, maybe in a little bullet in there. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, Whoso judged the quick and the dead, that means the living and the dead, at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of your ministry. He's talking to Timothy, but he's talking to you and I just as well. Now listen to what I have to say here, especially as I initiate this. Preaching the gospel of Christ primarily is not about delivering edifying discourses beautifully put together. You say, what? What is that? What is it? It's bearing witness to what God has done in Christ for man's salvation. And here again, I think of a verse right away. In Acts, the first chapter, Luke uh, <clears throat> talks about the former triadus of Amadothia, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until that selfsame day that he was caught up. And then he says to his apostles, and maybe the 120 as they were gathered around, and he says, and you shall be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, in the outermost part of the, of the world. Well, I wonder why he didn't say Jehovah's Witnesses. We are to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, Period. He's the one that went to the cross. But he said also, I and my Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Think about that. That's important. Very important verse. As Christians, our desire is not to lift up anyone, any person as holier than thou. Sometimes you'll see or read literature or maybe even on TV, hear this epithet. This is the most holy reverend so-and-so. What does Psalm 111.9 say? It says, holy and reverend is his name. 
That's the only time I ever see it in the Bible. If somebody else has another verse, show it to me. So uh, Psalm 111.9 says, Holy and reverent is God's name. Sometimes we like opinions. Sometimes we like opinions a lot. And some people have a tendency to take an opinion and put it up on a pedestal. That's my opinion. That that's God's word. It's not really that way. Everybody has opinions. I can think of opinion. I was talking about just within the last few weeks about somebody, and don't, don't misunderstand what I'm going to say here. I'm not trying to be critical. But it was about the birth of Christ. And uh, some say, well, he came about, uh, the wise men came about two years later. See, I don't feel that way. When Joseph and Mary were there in Bethlehem, sure, the baby was there in the uh, manger there for maybe a couple days. But after these people registered, they left and went back home. There was plenty of room for those uh, Joseph and Mary take the babe and go into some house there. It's just a thought. Don't make things like that a test of fellowship. Maybe he did come later. Matthew Henry, in his commentary, says he could have came two or three months later, the wise men. I figure, whatever. But let's not put those kind of things on a pedestal. Some people may be overly concerned about certain troop, uh, certain church groups that seem to have everything going for them. My feeling is, if their ministry is bringing people to Christ, praise the Lord. May his blessings be upon them. But now, kind of narrowing it down a little bit. So then, how can we... Whoa. If I want to get your attention, that's what I'll do. <laughs> so how can we bear witness in our daily life? This is what Christianity boils down to. First of all, we know that God's people have the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to pound there again, but have the Holy Spirit living within us. And you can check this out later. In Acts 5, and verse 42, uh, Peter there is speaking. The apostles had been imprisoned for preaching Jesus there. This is in Acts, the fifth chapter. They'd been put in prison, and uh, the angel came and released them. And now they were preaching in the temple, and the Sadducees and Pharisees and the priests and stuff came and said, we told you not to preach in this name anymore. But the apostle says, we cannot help but preach what Christ has told us. We'd rather obey God than men. That's what he said. And Peter also says, we are witnesses of these, these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God hath given to them that obey him. Is obedience important? He's given the Holy Spirit to each one of us. That's the third person of the Trinity. And uh, it works when we talk about prayer. We have the Spirit of God on our side. So, being the Holy Spirit indwells his people, I would say, let's pray often. Ask God for guidance and just be yourself. We don't need to put on a show for anybody. Just be yourself. If our daily life 
if our daily lifestyle glorifies the Savior, the cross, his shed blood, and his resurrection, the Lord will be well pleased if we can do that for him. So if we walk daily with the Lord, people around us, when they come in contact with us, of course, will know that we're serious about our faith if we live the life. I was late. <clears throat> I don't know how I want to word this. I got a co-worker down here, but this man I had come in contact with uh, was a co-worker. But as I talked, I was a new Christian at this time. Uh, if I had talked to this man in this day and age, I would have been an entirely different person. This guy talked with such a filthy mouth Every fifth or sixth word, you know what I mean. The F word was very common with this man. He said, I'm a Sunday school teacher. And, uh, and I thought, he caught me by surprise, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if anybody else here has ever been caught by surprise. But I was pretty new in the faith at the time. Yeah, he was a Sunday school teacher. And of all things, he was a very bad example. Is repentance possible for this guy? From my understanding, he had a, was in a church similar to this, right here. Think about that. He had a bad mouth. I'm going to reveal something that all of us can easily comprehend, I think. But probably, we don't give it much thought sometimes. You and I are in a race. We're actually in a race because we have a goal in mind. I hope we do anyway. That goal is called heaven. That's our goal. What did Jesus say in John 14, 6? Do you remember? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. See, praise God, you guys know the scriptures. So now bear with me for a minute. In most churches... We have children, youngsters, teenagers, some adults, and even some seniors. I'm there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but even though we have all this big category, not all of us have the same capabilities. I know that. Not all of us have the same level of spiritual growth or commitment. And I just want to add a thought here. I'm not talking about perfection. If perfection is required to go to heaven, Jesus Christ is going to be all alone. He's the only perfect one I ever knew. But in Christ, all of us have the same promise of salvation and the hope of everlasting life. We all have that promise all because of what Jesus has done on the cross. He's the one that we can thank for that. So, as believers, can God count on us in daily life to display the attributes that glorify him? I'm going to mention some here. I hope I'm not too tedious in this. Wholesome language. Do we just clam up here in church and act kind of pious? 
But then when it comes to daily life, it's not that way. I hope that's not so. I, I had told our pastor when we lived in Vestal, his name was Lonnie. He was uh, shortly out of Bible school. He graduated from Bible college. He's one of the most intelligent guys I ever knew and one of the most kind and loving. I said, brother, if you ever have a problem, I don't care if it's in the middle of the night, give me a call. <laughs> in the middle of the night, about 1 or 1.30, the phone rang. And he said, damn, can you meet me at Neil Palmer's house in a few minutes? And I said, well, give me 15 minutes. And so, and I think I was down there in almost 15 minutes. He lived about four and a half, five miles from our house. This man used some of the, he was a member of our congregation, by the way. And after I heard about him and how he talked to the preacher, he called him every name in the book. I'm telling you, bar none, this man did. I thought he could have been demon-possessed. That was my opinion. He did not use wholesome language. He was a poor witness, a bad witness. And uh, if he had been on any kind of service in a team like an elder or anything, uh, we would have asked him to step down. Maybe took his name off of the roll, the uh, church roll book. These things happen sometimes. I never knew this man was this way. But Lonnie told me that he called him every name in the book. The other, uh, I got some other attributes here. In fact, if you want to, you can stop me. I like the fact that you guys share here. I think that's great. You know, the New Testament church was that way. Apostle Paul said, when you come together, each one of you has a psalm, has a, a spiritual song. But he said, let everything be done decently and in order. I think it's good when a congregation shares. I think we can meet on good grounds there. Honesty was another one of the attributes. Patience. <laughs> I think that that can be a touchy thing sometimes. I'm married, you know. We're talking about patience. I don't know if anybody else here is married. <laughs> but that's just kind of human nature. <laughs> uh, how about kindness? And I'm going to get back to that a little bit in a minute. Tenderness. Oh, man, alive. I've read, I love to read, and I love to read mission stories. You know something? You'll learn a lot. You, lean, you learn a lot about how they coped, how they handled certain people, how they dealt with people of other races, and uh, you learn a lot from them. Knowledge. Apostle Paul said the Jews had a zeal of, for God. This is in the book of Romans. They had a zeal for God, but not knowledge. Christians can do the same thing. We're, we're not perfect. We can have a lot of zeal, rare around it. But we've got to get into the word. This is important. Self-control. Perseverance. Brotherly kindness, love and forgiveness towards all. That's easy to read. That's easy to understand. Sometimes it's not easy to apply. And right away I thought about, when I was writing this down, 
I think of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. Talk about love and forgiveness. So they brought the woman out and put her in the crowd. First of all, you think about, where's the husband? But anyway, they bring the woman out, put her in this crowd. Maybe there was a semi-circle there. And uh, he said, no, she was caught in adultery. He's looking at this crowd of people around. He says, you that have not sinned, you cast the first stone. And then he bent over and wrote something on the ground. We don't know. It's conjecture. He might, might have written, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he says, yeah, you without sin, you cast first stone. They may have had stones already in their hand. And uh, if they did, they dropped them on the ground and turned around and left. And then he said, woman, where are they that accuse you? And he says, no man, Lord. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go your way, but sin no more. How would we treat that person today, caught in adultery or some grievous sin? Would we have love and forgiveness? Jesus does give second chances. If these attributes abound in our life, we will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Those attributes, most of them, are in Second Peter, the first chapter. I added a few because they were attributes just as well. But here's something to think about. You and I might see some of these characteristics in the people around us in daily life. They might be relatives, friends, neighbors, people in the workplace. They might even be religious, but something's lacking. Most likely, Jesus is not really a part of their lives. When the, they may have some of these characteristics, but there's something different about people that don't want to get, in, get involved with the congregation. Remember what the Lord Jesus said in John 8, 24? He says, unless you believe I am who I say that I am, you will die in your sins. Belief in Christ is not just a good idea. <laughs> we aren't going to make it without it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That's what Paul and Silas told the Philippian jailer. It's a necessity. Faith generates immediately repentance. Repentance, believe it or not, is part of the Great Commission. You can check that out in Luke 24, verse 47. He says, I want you to preach repentance for the remission, for the forgiveness of sins. Faith and repentance is very important. Without realizing it, most people who are not involved with church are not born again. You know, I was a Christian for quite a while. There's different ways to look at this, but when I finally realized this, how important it was, I started to memorize this. Born again is a good term. Probably most people we talk to that aren't involved with Christ don't know what it means. So what sets us apart? What makes us different? Basically, Jesus. And it's got to be in here. I won't wrap my chest again. But it's got to be in here. <laughs> I did it in that. <laughs> so what sets us apart? We fell in love with Jesus. That's what. I went almost 26 years. My folks never took me to Sunday school. I didn't know what Sunday school was. 
I was almost 26 years old when I became a Christian. I know some people will give their life to the Lord even later than that, but see, how long do I have? Oh my goodness, it's five after 12? Okay. I got another 10 minutes. Okay. If I get too long, you can leave. Maybe you got something cooking. I don't know. But what makes the difference? Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to them that believe, first to the Jew and then to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith into faith, as written, the just shall live by faith. There's a difference between us and the people out there that aren't in church, that aren't worshiping the Lord. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, Jehovah God. We can use that term. And he has come in the flesh. We've been born again. And uh, if you've not been sharing this with the people around you, maybe you could get into scriptures and study them a little more. Years ago, this is quite a, a couple years ago now, my garage door was open. This fellow came in with a Bible in his hand. And he, too, was a JW. He had, a, I think, a five-year-old five son. I didn't get very far with him. And uh, he saw that I, I was of no use to him. I wouldn't agree with him. So he started to turn and walk away. And I said, have you been born again? Oh, he says, we don't believe in that stuff. I said, have you got a minute? Well, he, he just kind of turned around like this and three-fourths of the way I said, being born again, I said, this man named Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. He looked at Jesus and said, we know that you're a teacher come from God because nobody can do these miracles that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, you must be born again. And in a minute or so, I think Jesus probably had a smirk on his face. Nicodemus said, how can I be born when I'm old? Can I enter my mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus probably had a smirk on his face. No, he said, unless a man be born of water and the spirit, he will not, listen, he will not enter the kingdom of God. And uh, the water there has nothing to do with baptism. I used to think so when I first became a Christian. It has to do with water of the womb. That's what Nicodemus had already said. Can I enter my mother's womb and be born again? He's talking about the water. Everybody's born of the water. We're all born of the water of the womb. But we are all born of the Spirit. You and I didn't have a choice when we were born. You didn't pick out your parents. There's not a person here that picked out their parents when they were born. I did, at least. And uh, so we've all been born of the water. But not all have been born of the Spirit. You see, we've got a choice now. Once we hear the gospel, the real story of Jesus and how he loved us, and gave his life for us, and it touches us right here in the heart, that person's been born again. None of us can judge that person. Jesus alone will someday when he returns for us. So we've been born again. This time, we chose our Heavenly Father. So we believe that Jesus Christ 
Well, good morning, young lady. <laughs> so we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, Jehovah, who has come in the flesh. John also, in 1 John, I think it's 1 John 4, in the first few verses there, he says, if any man does not believe that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh, they are not of God. So we know that right away. We have to teach that Jesus Christ was God come in the flesh. He said, I and my Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So let's do our best to get the point of spiritual growth across. And let us ourselves grow into the likeness of Christ where we can teach this born again. When I first heard that expression, I thought, boy, sounds like I read that in the Bible. I'd already been a Christian for a while, and it wasn't too long ago, within the last year and a half, I talked to some other Christians, and they never heard that expression. But I bet you, you you've heard it here. So we want to try to grow. That's what we're talking about, Christian growth. We want to grow to the point where when we come across friends, relatives, and neighbors, we can successfully and intelligently share the gospel with them. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to intimidate anybody. But remember what the Apostle Paul had told us. This isn't the only verse, but it's worded nicely in 2 Timothy 2.15. And where I go to church, that's on the wall there in, in uh, Seneca Community Church. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing or rightly understanding the word of truth. So when we can just read the Bible and put it down and never really study it. I've gone through parts. Matthew Henry's commentary is this thick. He makes a lot of sense. He's, he's a good commentator. To pick that commentary up and to read it is good. So we're going to start studying not just picking it up and reading, putting it down there. I've done my reading for the day. What does it mean? You know something, folks? We're all headed for that mansion in glory, every one of us. And what we're going to want to do is to reach out our hands, so to speak, and bring somebody else with us. That's not just a nice idea. That's important. We all know that no one is perfect, like I said before. If we think uh, perfection is required to go to heaven, I'll say it again. Jesus is going to be all alone. I'm not perfect. Just ask my wife. She knows. <laughs> you know, wow, I better step down now. <laughs> but the Bible teaches us to pick up our cross daily. And to follow him. It's not always easy to bear the cross. Although there are times, there's times of blessing, we all know that. But also difficult times are going to come. We know that. But Jesus is there uh, 24-7. He's there all the time. God's promise will never fail. He said, I'll always be with you. And I thought in closing here, being we're supposed to 
pick up our cross. I tell you something, boy, this cord's giving me a tough time here. <laughs> so, must Jesus bear the cross alone? I'm going to play just a verse of that here. <laughs> Jesus bear the cross alone? No, he's not going to bear it alone. He's got helpers. You and me. We're going to do it together. When any one person thinks they can do it by themselves, they can't. They can't. Jesus has helpers. They're called Christians. And guess what? That's all of us. So I think I'm due to have a prayer here probably. Let's pray for a minute. Oh, Father, it's so good to be together with people that love you. And I pray your blessing upon each and every one that's come out here this morning. May Jesus Christ take over our lives. May he reign in our lives. And may we do our best to point our relatives, friends, neighbors, children to the cross of Calvary. May we not just talk about the cross, but may we live it in our daily lives. So I'm just asking you would bless each and every one of us together. Help us to grow together, to love together, to forgive together, and to share those good things that happen to us because of Christ in our lives. And we just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>